This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Indeed, you are on Saturday Magazine. Thanks for the news, Paul. And uh, we're going to be speaking next with uh, Deputy Lord Mayor Nick Grace, who's on the line waiting anxiously. We're going to talk US politics. And I know that that's a subject that you have some interest in, <laughs> well, as a newsreader as Quite well. Quite a bit. Um, good morning, Nick. How are you? Good morning, Macca. Good morning, Paul. Delighted to be coming to you this morning from Lawn on now- the state's South Coast. Now, are you, are you going in that pub-to-peer thing? <laughs> I am indeed, Macca. In fact, once we are through our little chat this morning, I'll be donning the wetsuit and heading out to the pier Ooh. where I'll be beginning the swim to the pub. Nick, uh, that's very I'm... adventurous for a Saturday morning. It is. I'm actually quite uh, fearful of what's to come. It was 20 years ago that I last did this <laughs> swim. So oh, God. I really hope I get through it. Uh, I'll, I'll send you a text, Mac, and let you know I've made it. So you made it to the other end. Right. Have you been doing much training, Nick? <laughs> Look, not as much as I should have, Paul. Um, a couple of ocean swims over the summer, but really not enough for a man oh. of my age. Oh, well. It'll just make the beer taste better by the time you it finish. It will. It will. It will indeed, and I will be certainly savouring that this afternoon. Now, we've got, you know, the Iowa primary is about to start, and uh, there's a couple of, obviously, in Republican contenders. Uh, we have uh, Florida Governor Ron uh, DeSanctimonious. <laughs> we have Nikki Haley's Comet and the kidnapped chimp. Donald Trump. Are there any others? I see uh, Chris Christie has uh, has withdrawn. Um, are there others that matter? Well, <laughs> I mean, there are a few that think they do, but is it between those Look, th- those three? They're the ones with any serious uh, chance of, of success. There are uh, one or two others who are still uh, in the race, but in terms of the polls, you've got um, Trump sort of fairly clearly ahead, but we'll unpack that a bit in a moment. Yep. Then you've got uh, Nikki Haley, former UN ambassador, uh, who is, is really rising in the polls at the moment. You've got Ron DeSantis, the former Florida governor, oh, sorry, the Florida governor, who uh, is, is flatlining, it would seem. And then there's Chris Christie, uh, who this week announced that he was withdrawing from the race. Mm. Hmm. Haley's Comet. I think that's a good name for her. <laughs> Look, things have certainly heated up in the Republican primaries this week. Um, the Iowa caucuses commence on Tuesday, Australian time. So it is on, Macca. In the voting is about to start for uh, the, the primaries for the US presidential race. Uh, so the Republican candidates have been out on the ground in Iowa campaigning. Of course, uh, um, Donald Trump has not been participating. In he's the been too busy debate. in court. He, yeah, he, well, he was in court, but he still managed to get to a uh, Fox News hosted um, event where he was the only speaker not taking questions. But he did get a rapturous uh, response from the US people yelling out, we love you, Trump. Mm. And um, he is well ahead in the, the polls, it would seem, in Iowa. 
the two leading rivals, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, had their final debate uh, on Wednesday. And, you know, attack, attack, attack was the theme for the debate. I actually thought they both did pretty well in terms of, you know, putting their arguments forward. Uh, probably Ron DeSantis got more, you know, rounds of applause from the audience, but Nikki Haley won the debate. Uh, probably the best line of the debate was Ron DeSantis accusing uh, Nikki Haley of having a ballistic podiatry problem, her ref- a reference to her um, tendency to shoot herself in the foot. Um, oh, that's a bit cheap. But, uh, yeah, they both went after each other pretty hard and also both went after Trump probably more stridently than they have in the past. The big issues was border security, saying they're going to withdraw funding for what's called sanctuary cities like Chicago, which um, you know provides support for uh, immigrants, uh, both pledging their strong support for Israel and an interesting division of opinion over over Ukraine. You know, DeSantis is saying, you know, pretty clearly that he wants to see a US withdrawal of support in Ukraine, whereas Nikki Haley, former UN ambassador, has got a much uh, much more stronger supporting position of, of the Ukraine. Nick, was there any domestic policies that they differed on as candidates? Cause well, other than that they hate our community. <laughs> Look, it would be fair to say that... Um, Ron DeSantis is more strident around border security. You know, he sort of says, he sort of says, Nikki Haley, she's more interested in the border in Ukraine than the southern border yeah. of mm. the United States. And he really tries, and he highlights comments she's made in the past where she has said she would provide a pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants into the US. And it is fair to say she has a more nuanced position on border security and immigration. And so there was quite a lot of debate around that. So a little bit more centrist than, than right wing for the, uh, for the Haley candidate. Yes. I mean, both of these candidates would be considered quite right wing by Australian political standards. But Nikki Haley is certainly the more centrist of those two. And in fact, Chris Christie, who withdrew... This week, you know, he, he, he's been a really strong contender in the past, but he's he withdrew this week. He's got no chance. His polling's bad. He's in single figures across the country. So he withdrew saying he wanted to give the other candidates um, uh, the best chance of beating Trump. And his withdrawal is of the biggest benefit to Nikki Haley because Christie was sort of seen as more of a centrist as well. Having said that, of course, having just announced his withdrawal, giving Nikki Haley a boost, uh, he was then caught on a hot mic saying that uh, Nikki Haley is going to get smoked. She's not up to it. Uh, and also saying DeSantis is petrified. So that all turned out to be a disaster as well. Nick, it's the other poll here. I'm just curious as to whether you think that, that candidates like Haley and DeSantis are quite content that Trump is otherwise distracted by his legal problems or whether they would prefer that he was actually there so they could... Uh, you know, attack him and, and sort of expose his his, uh, his weaknesses in public? Well, Trump is not participating in Republican debates because of his the 91 felonies that he is facing various legal mm. proceedings for around <laughs> Just the, the 91, yeah. He is not uh, attending those debates because he doesn't see it to be to his political advantage mm. to do so. So he's boycotting them for political reasons. As I said, he went and did a uh, Fox News um, community hall meeting 
uh, on the same night that the debate, the Republican debate, was occurring. Except it was just him. There was no questions. It was, and it was, a, you know, uh, an adoring audience. Um, there is no doubt, though, that Chris Christie pulling out does help um, Nikki Haley. And there is a little bit of momentum building around her campaign. You know, they're sort of saying that she was seven points behind um, Trump in New Hampshire, which is where the Republican primaries go to after Iowa. And with Chris Christie pulling out, if that his vote moves over to Nikki, suddenly it's starting to look like a contest. Do I think any of them have any chance against uh, Trump? No, I don't. I think he's, you know, all but absolutely certain of getting the Republican nomination, barring legal proceedings stopping that from occurring. Paul, you asked the question, do those legal proceedings help or hinder Donald Trump? Well, obviously, mm. from an administrative perspective, if he's legally barred from running, then uh, that stops him dead in his tracks. But perversely, uh, the legal proceedings seem to be helping Trump among certainly Republican supporters because it's, you know, all part of this um, pitch that he has for himself about him being under siege from the establishment and he's going to fight the establishment on behalf of all Americans the same way they're seeing him fight in the courts. Mm. I want you to hold that <clears throat> that thought, Nick. We're just going to a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Democrats. Um, you know, Joe Biden... Uh, you know, has declared he is a candidate. There's no one else as a candidate. There's some discussion around that. I want you to think about in the break, the American public potentially face a choice between uh, <laughs> Great Uncle Joe and the kidnapped chimp. How important are independent voters going to be in that? So have a think about that, Nick, and when we come back, we'll explore that a bit more. You are on Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9, with Macca and Paul and Paul. Stay with us. This is Saturday Magazine. You are with Macca and Paul, our newsreader, Paul, and uh, we're talking to Nick Reese macca Ah, uh, Deputy Lord Mayor, and we're talking US politics. So, Nick, assuming uh, that Trump wins the primaries, which I think, you know, is, is pretty likely... There are a couple of states that have said Trump can't be on the ballot, and that's being appealed by the Supreme Court, which of course, uh, to the Supreme Court, which of course Donald Trump has effectively stacked. Um, I think that's going to be a re you know a really really important decision for the Supreme Court to make as to whether or not he can be on the ballot. Those states are quite within their rights to make that decision their supreme courts but the u.s supreme court is going to have to decide where it sits on this aren't they whether or not donald trump was part of effectively an insurrection yeah i mean you could say that uh, this decision by the supreme court could be the most consequential decision it has ever made um because uh, some of your listeners may not be aware donald trump is currently ahead in the polls uh, in a head-to-head -head contest yes. with Joe Biden for the presidency uh, vote in November. So if Trump remains on the ballot, uh, then there is a very good prospect he will return to being president of the United States. And so uh, whether he makes it onto the ballot or not um, becomes a hugely consequential point. Now, there are two states that have um, said that he is... Uh, uh, cannot be on the ballot because um, of his role in the insurrection of January 6th. Uh, and 
both of those decisions have now been appealed to the Supreme Court. Of course, Donald Trump uh, gratuitously stacked the Supreme Court with um, uh, Trump sympathisers when he was president. And so there is some speculation that the Supreme Court will find in Trump's favour in those matters. So there's still a way to go uh, on that one, but um, something obviously to follow very closely. Well, it'd be nice if they actually decided it on uh, matters of law, but I suspect they're not going to. I suspect... It'll follow the the ideology maker. Yeah. Um, Mm. To go to the Democrats, Nick, there was, uh, well, I won't call it a rumour, I thought it was a bit of a brain fart, that Michelle Obama, some of the comments she made in a recent interview and podcast... You know, people say, oh, oh, you know, Michelle is, is, is flagging a potential run for the presidency. Um, thoughts? Likely? Look, uh, I mean, you would think uh, that uh, this election should be a lay-down mazir for Joe Biden, wouldn't you? I mean, his main rival, Donald Trump... You don't mean just a lay-down president... <laughs> <laughs> 91 felonies. He's, you know, essentially promising an attack on democracy. Uh, we all know his track record. You would think that he would have no chance. But as I said, Trump is currently ahead in the polls. A big reason for that is because the incumbent president, Joe Biden, is yeah. 81 years old. People have genuine concerns and fears about his uh, mental and physical health. But, um, but, yeah, he, but hang on, Nick. Trump is not a lot younger. Now, if you talk about mental health, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Donald Trump is a very interesting group of people, all of them bad, (laughs) right? Now, you know, Joe Biden, you know, is he in full control of his faculties? I don't know. But talking about mental health and age, I I mean, seriously, there's not much to choose between them. I was going to also suggest... In terms of age, I think think Trump is 77, so he's only four years younger than Biden, but certainly he does have a, a vitality to him, shall I say, that, that Biden does. You know, Trump was out there this week saying Biden can't string two sentences together. Uh, and sometimes when you see Biden perform, you can't help but think there might be an element of truth in that. Um, and so the Democrats find them in this invidious position. Of course, history tells us a incumbent president has only pulled out once. Uh, that was LBJ in 1968, mm-hmm. and the Democrats went on to lose that election to Richard Nixon, who 12 months earlier people said was unelectable. Um, but um, Biden's problems are multifaceted. Probably the most significant thing that's happening is there's some big demographic shifts that are working against him. So Hispanic voters that have historically been pretty loyal Democrat voters, they seem to be moving over to the Republicans. Black males yes. moving over to the Republicans. Young voters and college graduates had been propping up the Democrats. But now, particularly with the Israel-Gaza conflict, mm. um, the Biden administration is losing support from those two cohorts. And so and that, that's, he is that's, in a lot of trouble. You know, I look at, you, you know, I look at, um, and I've just finished a, a book, Nick, by a, an ex-Republican pollster about the coalition that the Republicans have, have pulled together. And some of it you think, really? Like, how do these people, you know, these... These cultures and these nationalities vote for Trump. And you see some really unusual stuff, like there was a group in the last campaign, Twinks for Trump. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> like, but Gaza and Israel, this is going to be a big factor, isn't it? 
with particularly with younger yes, voters. And there's lots of political science around this matter that how people don't vote on a rational basis. They, they don't not. vote for which party is going to offer them the best, you know, financial deal, economic deal for them and their family. There's a whole multitude of other factors that get weaved in there, uh, like their feelings of patriotism, uh, cultural issues. And so particularly for some of those, um, you know, um, heavily uh, cr- uh, religious, Hispanic and black populations, uh, that, that, you know, they are leaning more towards Republicans than they used to. And so, yeah, there's a multitude of factors woven in there. Nick, a message has just come through from uh, from Ali in South Melbourne who says they're an American citizen and, and deeply unhappy with the current set of options for them. But they're saying, you know, they've also reiterated that they're the unhappy with Biden about the, the Israel um, war with Gaza, but also say in this note, despite whispers from Bernie Sanders that he might run as an independent. Yeah, but he's 83. It, well, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're, they're going from bad to worse. Is there anyone else in the Democratic pool that, that could Gavin, come and stand in? If, if, Gavin Newsom, perhaps? If, if, if Biden was to, say, become too frail. Yeah, so Gavin Newsom is the governor of California, which I think is the sixth largest economy in the world. And, you know, he he, um, is definitely the leading light on the Democrat side of politics after uh, Joe Biden. And and the truth is he's desperately hoping to get the call up for this contest, even though he sort of says says words to the contrary whenever he's asked by the media. Uh, and as we've discussed in this program before, like, you know, a fantastic contest would be Gavin Newsom, governor of California versus someone like a Ron DeSantis or even a Nikki Haley uh, on the Republican side. Um, the problem is, and look, other names that have been mentioned to go to your question, Paul, include Kamala Harris yeah. uh, and uh, even Michelle Obama. Um, look, I can't see how any of those three are going to get there. Uh Biden has an almost, um, feels as almost a divine calling. He beat Trump last time. He thinks he can do it again. Uh, I think nominations for the Democrat primary have closed in 20 states already. So there's a huge administrative blocker that would, would mean that some of those other candidates couldn't get up. There is some speculation that if Biden was to, to step out of the race, it would have to be for a, a, a health, health event. event. A health and event. Would a health event, or you know, for health reasons, he would step down, thus paving the way for one of these. But it's even at this late in the piece, it would be very hard to do. Of course, there is precedent, not in terms of the health event, but in 1968, when LBJ said, "You know, I won't, you know, I won't nominate or accept, you know, the nomination of my party," and the primaries all went wrong, and Robert Kennedy was assassinated. The Democratic Party decided to appoint or to nominate Hubert Humphrey. So he didn't come through the primaries. And of course, you know, he, he, he lost dramatically. So there is precedent with, you know, the Democratic Party choosing a nominee outside the process. I do wonder, um, you know, Joe Biden is not, a, you know, clearly he would be being advised by a lot of his folk about the polls. You know, he's been a politician for most of his life. And yes, he beat beat Trump once. Can he beat him again? But you have to wonder, like, when does he, does he actually, why does he want to be president for another four years? Not just to beat Donald Trump, but I mean, who he chooses as vice president is going to be very important, isn't it? Because that person is likely 
to be president or effectively be president? Yes, it's a it's a really good point, Mecca. I mean, you would think that he would probably go with Kamala Harris again, uh, notwithstanding the fact that Kamala Harris herself ran a disastrous campaign for president back in 2020. And, um, you know, there's mixed views on how she has performed as, as, as vice president. Um, but yes, because of Biden's age, that does become a, a really critical question. Again, what is, as you've just flagged, what does history tell us? Um, when LBJ, an incumbent Democrat president, withdrew from the race in 1968, it was disastrous yeah. for Democrats. And um, Richard Nixon went on to win a race that nobody could have ever thought predicted. he could win. Uh, he was going to win. I wonder whether there's any marketing potential, though, behind the idea of a, a Michelle Obama, Kamala Harris team running. Well, look, there is speculation about independence entering the race, mm. and mm. Uh, Robert Kennedy, who is the nephew, I believe it is, of, of John F. Uh, Kennedy. Yeah, the son. Uh, is another. He's the son of Bob. Dem- he's the son of Bobby, isn't he? That, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, Cornell uh, West has been speculated. Another Democrat, Senator Joe Manchin, and there's an entrepreneur called Andrew Yang. Um, now, look, if these guys run, they're on the sort of Democrat side of politics, then you would think that would not be good for the Democrats because the indep- the, the votes that they're going to peel off from either mm. Trump or Biden are more likely to be come from the Biden side. And we've seen that again in the past. You know, when Ralph Nader uh, yes. ran, uh, you know, very progressive um, consumer rights advocate, he peeled votes off the Democrats. George W. Bush got up. Um, when the Greens ran uh, a candidate in 2016, was it? They peeled off just enough votes to mean that Hillary lost to yep. Trump. So, um, yeah, you got to be really careful with those independent candidates. Uh, Nick, I thought your insights, you know, earlier on, you, you were talking about the dissection of the, the voting populace. And I think what you were saying earlier, just in terms of how you then go down to the micro levels of the different types of backgrounds and the different age profiles of the voter mm. is going to play a massive part. And I think that that's the bit that's really going to turn this election into, uh, and I'm gonna into, le- into a Trump win. I'm going to lend you that book, Nick, so you can read it. Um, it's very interesting. If I... I would think what I would like to see, and I have enormous regard for Joe Biden, what he's done, you know, as a legislator, and as as Obama's vice president, and even, and and also as president. However, mate, time to go back to Delaware. I think. I think, I'd like to see a, a Democratic presidential nominee and vice presidential nominee of Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama in whatever order works. That would be a winning ticket. I agree. Look, that would be very exciting. Uh, That would, uh, you know, get people off the couch, wouldn't it? And get them out there uh, campaigning. Uh, I I, I would, uh, the hard-headed political analyst in me would say, Macca, who is the... um, who is the more conservative of those two candidates that would give those um, you know, Democrat voters who... um, uh, 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 lean a little bit conservative. Uh, who, 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 who do they, who, who do they identify with on that ticket? Look, probably. Oh God, there's not much. Uh, only a tally ho paper between them. <laughs> but I would think the reality is, Nick, 
that if you had a ticket of those two, that would energise the electorate. And, you know, Trump has said, oh, I already, you know, decided who my vice president, vice president will be. I think, you know, at the end of the day, a ticket like that, I think, would win. I actually don't think Joe Biden can win. I actually don't think he can win uh, because the narrative um, that Trump is running is getting so much traction and the Democrats, their base has changed, but it's decreasing. You know, they're relying on a rapidly decreasing base, whereas the Republicans are just picking little, you know, well, not little bits, bits here, bits there. Uh, we could despair and think, how can possibly people vote for this, this chimp? But they do. So is anybody ready for Marjorie Taylor Greene or Carrie Lake as vice president, do you oh, think? God. Can you imagine? Yeah, look, I, I agree with your analysis, Macca, that on the current trajectory, Joe Biden and the Democrats are heading for a loss and Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States. And we don't uh, hide our opinions uh, in these conversations. Uh, I think that would be bad for the world. Um, yeah. So mm. the Democrats have got to do something, don't they? Well, they've got to do something. I think, uh, you know, if I'm going to give you a prediction, health event. <laughs> That's the only way for Biden to back out and for the Democrats to actually have the round objects, otherwise known as balls, to actually make a decision that we cannot win with this guy. Because if they don't do that, they are going to lose. They're going to get... You know, the next turkey for Thanksgiving is going to be Joe Biden. Um, Nick, we're out of time, sadly. Um, we're going to keep you on speed dial because if something does happen in the next couple of weeks, and yeah. it's, it's got to happen in the next couple of weeks. And don't drown we'll today. We'll get you coming back to give us the don't analysis. Don't drown today. <laughs> I'll, uh, I can't wait for these conversations across 2024. It's just going to be... Uh, the train wreck we can't look away from, isn't it? Uh, and endlessly fascinating as yeah. well. Um, so great to be with you, Macca. Great to be with you, Paul. Thanks. Thank you. And best of luck for today. Um, um, yeah, don't swallow any of that water. No, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheers. Okay, cheers. You are on SatMag with Macca and Paul. Stay with us. There's more. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.